Blog Talk Radio. I mean, there's nobody really out there as far as uh, free agents to pick up. I mean, 
frankly, it's not the best quarterbacks that you have to worry about, right? I mean, they like where they are. You've got the Tom Brady's, Aaron Rodgers of the world. They're never going to leave uh, unless something happens or they just retire. Uh, but, you know, you have somebody like Kirk Cousins. He's, he's as good as it gets. I don't think he's a great quarterback. He's as good as it gets for the Washington Redskins. Behind him is Cole McCoy. I don't think he's the answer. They don't really have another contingency plan. So it'll be interesting to see what they do this year. I, I don't think they get a long-term deal done, and they'll be, they'll be, uh, they'll be just kind of staving off the inevitable. I think you're right. It's going to end up with the 49ers. All right. So, I, so after that, uh, after that, uh, that little trap I dropped on you there, let's, let's actually turn to the things that we were going to talk about. And the first thing that I think we had on our list was a little bit of Anquan Bolden. Now, it's interesting because Anquan Bolden obviously is not the big name that he used to be. Um, he had an okay year, yes, last year. He hasn't been great in a long time. But, you know, what are your thoughts? I mean, the, the recent talk has been Anquan Bolden is going to hold out and wait until we get closer to training camp and kind of jump in at that point. He hasn't been great in a while with the Lions. He had 584 yards last year on 67 receptions, eight touchdowns. He does have some upside as the 49ers in 2015, 789 yards. It's been a while since he's been really good. But what do you think about Anquan Bolden? Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's definitely not the guy he once was. I don't think that his play style ever really made sense in Detroit to me. Um, you know, I, I love Anquan Bolden. Uh, a couple years ago, I really wanted him to come to New England. Uh, he's a big-body physical receiver. And we all uh, we all know how I feel about uh, about receivers like that. Um, you know, I, I'm not a diva wide receiver fan. And anybody who can take the shot to the face that he took years ago in Arizona and, and keep uh, keep playing, you know, that's the that that's the kind of hit that makes you short arm every ball over the middle the rest of your career. And it didn't do that to him. So. Um, you know, I think with his skill set, he's he, he'd be a good fit in a in an offense where he can just be the third or fourth option, more likely the fourth, and be a red zone guy that can go up and get some 50-50 balls, that can battle for some balls, and go into the tough areas and make catches. So, um, you know, he, he definitely. I, I just I don't see him playing on a on a fast paced, uh, spread it out offense. Um, one of the places I think he makes the most sense is actually back where he uh, got a ring. You know, I I think he could be a fit in Baltimore uh, for for a, a red seat option for for Flacco. Um, you know, I think a team. You know, I don't. There's teams that need the most receivers. I don't think he makes the most sense in uh, Minnesota, uh, Pittsburgh, Philly. Um, so I don't think really he's a fit there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, it's definitely some place like that. Um, another interesting one for me, um, obviously I put up my article this week on the AFC East preview. Um, you know, I, could, I think he could slot in, and I think Gase is smart enough to find a role for him, and I think he could slot in as, as the fourth or fifth guy. Um, now they have Julius Thomas back there in Miami, and he could be a guy that just comes in and red zone packages on, you know, uh, second, second and goal from the two- or three-yard line. And just have somebody that can tow the back of the end zone line and make a make a make a play for you. So I think he's got enough left in the tank. I think from a physical standpoint, um, you know, he's kind of at his Terrell Owens in Cincinnati days. Um, but I think he's got a better head screwed on than T.O. ever did. So um, yeah. you know that that's that's really what I think where where he'll end up. I don't think he's done. 
I think this should be his last season, but I think he could, get, he could go out and get one more year and catch uh, four or five touchdown passes. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind also that he was 2015 NFL's uh, Walter Man of the Year award winner, so he's a good guy. He's a strong person in the locker room. He's someone that I think that uh, a lot of uh, rookies can benefit from. So, you know, I think there's a lot of possibilities for him, but I think you need to really pair him with a veteran quarterback, someone who can take advantage of the skills he has. He is 36, entering his 37 at age year, so it's I mean, we don't expect him to be running around and getting hit big time like he that hit each other uh, when he played for the Cardinals against the, the Jets. Uh, I don't see him taking that kind of abuse. But you're right, a fourth or fifth uh, receiver in a, in a system in which he has at least a quarterback with good veteran experience. He could be a good force in a locker room. He could be a guy who could really be beneficial in the locker room. Um, all right, so we'll, we'll see more about that as we get closer to the training camp uh, when he says he's going to start looking at options. Uh, in the meantime, we're just going to speculate on uh, Now let's get to what we were initially going to talk about. Um, and I'm going to give us enough time hey, to really long? Yeah. Um, your, your connection seems a little bit uh, like it's circuiting there a little bit. I don't know if you have bad service or uh, – but the, the sound effects are coming in clear. Your phone's kind of cutting in and out here. All right. So uh, let, me try, uh, let me try to pump it up a little bit. How's that? Is that a little better? Uh, still pretty rough. All right. Uh, yeah, okay. So let me let get you rolling first and have you start talking about one of these NFC North teams, and I'm going to go ahead and find another connection here. So why don't you start talking about all the things the Green Bay Packers are doing, and I'm going to be jumping right back down in a second. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, in regards to Green Bay, um, you know, my – I know that they're uh, considered by most probably the favorite. Um, and I think my continual flip-flopping here through the the, the off-season, um, I think I said I, that we're finally going to get the Brady-Rogers Super Bowl. Um, but as the season gets closer, the, I still have some major concerns about Green Bay. I still I don't love their defense, one. Um, two, there's just – an inconsistency issue, I think, uh, with the offensive side of the ball. Um, and it starts with Aaron Rodgers. I know there was personal issues last year. And, and a couple years ago, it was the relax. And it just it always seems like they get off to a kind of a slow start. Um, so they don't, they don't grab this home field advantage throughout the postseason, uh, which, is, which has been the difference. You know, uh, the loss in Atlanta last year, the, the, the Seahawks collapsed. Uh, back in 2014 when they came out and they had all those chances to really bury Seattle. But I think they got sh- shut down in the red zone, A, because it's great an all-time defense. B, um, you have to also factor in, uh, you know, the crowd noise when you're in when you're in uh, Seattle. So I-, I don't know what it is, and it seems between Jordy and Randall that they-, that they can never stay healthy. And Randall's not good enough to do it on his own, and Jordy's not getting any younger. Uh, Martellus Bennett, I love the signing. I love what he brought to the Patriots last year. And maybe – in his older age, he screwed his head on right. Um, but he was also in a contract year last year. So was that was that Marty figuring it out, or was that Marty looking to get a payday? Um, he's been very vocal and very clear um, before that football is not his number one passion. Creating is his uh, uh, whatever imagination agency is his is his major focus or his major passion, and, and that's great. And I love guys who who have a head on that think you know past football, um, but at the same time you really got to be football first, I think, to be an elite NFL team, or NFL right. player, rather. Uh, so, 
there, I have some major question marks with Green Bay. So I, I like them and the talents there, but um, you know we've yet to really see them piece it all together. Even even 2010 when they won the Super Bowl, you know they they had to go on a run that year because they weren't in an elite position and. Um, you know, they, they seem to be almost like an NBA mentality where they think they can just flip a switch at any given point and go on a run. Um, so for that reason, as much as um, I think they'll, they'll figure it out down the line, um, I think they'll figure uh, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll slot in at second in the division with like a 10-6 and six record this year because um, I do think that we'll see them play 500 balls for the first month and a half to two months like we often do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just to back up a little bit, you know, that, let me just go ahead and recap what happened last year. I mean, that, they also had a 10-6 and record last year. They were first in the NFC North last year, lost, of course, in the NFC Championship game in a barn burner against the Falcons, who were just younger, faster, and put on a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers. My concern, of course, with uh, the Green Bay Packers is the lack of uh, ground game, which I, you, you touched on a bit, and also the lack of um, – their offensive line. I mean, the fact of the matter is that they were very, very injured last year. I don't know how good they're going to be this year. And Aaron Rodgers uh, typically has a very, um, a very uh, long, spends a, a much longer amount of time in the pocket than most NFL quarterbacks. And that's not a bad thing. It's just that most of the plays that they call for him require him to really make more time, to allow more time for these plays to develop and to go downfield, to hit his top receivers in Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and and uh, last year, Jared Cook, and, and this year, hopefully, Martellus Bennett. I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that for him, and I don't know if the defenses will be able, will need to respect the backfield with only Ty Montgomery basically filling out the backfield. I mean, they did spend the final day of the draft basically drafting every running back in sight. They took, the four, they took uh, BYU's Jamal Williams in the fourth round. They took... Uh, UTEP's Aaron Jones is a compensatory pick, and they pick Utah State's Devontae Mays and those other last pick. But ultimately, none of those guys are really, you know, projecting to be starters. And Ty Montgomery is a converted wide receiver. I mean, keep in mind, last year was the first year that he ran as a running back. You know, you don't often see number 88 in the backfield as a running back. So I just feel like they didn't really do a significant job upgrading their backfield to give Aaron Rodgers a compliment to his offense. They, they kind of made him susceptible to losing the way they lost against the Falcons. Uh, I have some serious questions about them. I don't doubt they can go 10-6 and six this year. I don't know if they're going to be first in their division. I think there might be somebody else that creeps up there, um, and we'll see. We'll just have to see. All right, so let's move on from the Green Bay Packers to the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I know you want to talk about the Minnesota Vikings because they drafted one of your favorite guys. And if anybody listens to us, they know who that is. But let me just go ahead and recap where they were last season. Last season, they uh, were 10 uh, – I'm sorry. They were <laughs> they were 8-8, eight and eight, and they ended up third in the NFC North. They started off really strong. They were undefeated for five games, and then they pretty much went downhill after that. Some significant additions this year. Of course, they got uh, Latavius Murray in free agency. They got uh, your favorite guy, Dalvin Cook, uh, in the draft in the second round. They uh, also picked up Michael Floyd in free agency. Semi-questionable. He uh, recently had to serve a one-day sentence in jail because he violated his, uh, the conditions of his house arrest in which he wasn't supposed to have any alcohol which uh, continues to be an interesting story. Uh, and they added a little bit of extra help here and there. But they did lose, of course, the great Adrian Peterson, who really didn't have much left in tank as of last year. But they also lost uh, Captain Munderland at the cornerback. They lost uh, left tackle uh, Matt Khalil 
and uh, Correll Patterson, who never really developed for them as a wide receiver, and Charles Johnson as well. So what do you think about the Minnesota Vikings? What do you think, uh, how do you think they're going to do this year? What do you think is the key to their success? Yeah, so I think they're going to steal the division at 11-5 and five this year. Um, you know, the Michael Floyd signing um, is concerning. Um, my, um, you know, my mom and my stepdad actually live up in the Twin Cities, so I get up there um, at least once a year, and it's actually a really cool area. Um, with that said, during the winter, it is um, too cold to ever want to go outside, so a guy with a drinking <laughs> problem, you're going to trap in a house with nothing else to do. That yeah, sounds no, like a winning serious. combination. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, so Michael Floyd will, uh, will have his, his struggles this year, you know, um, not to make light of alcoholism, obviously, uh, root for the guy. But um, with that said, Dalvin Cook's the, the, the main uh, difference maker here. Uh, surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> you know, I think he's going to have a, a breakout rookie season. Um, I think he's going to allow this team to do what they weren't able to do last year, which is keep the defense off the field. The first five games, that was the best defense in football. Um, they didn't just fall off because of inexperience. They've built that over a couple of years. They got a they got a great defense. Um, but when when you got Sam Bradford in there and uh, uh, the the child beater who's uh, well over the hill, um, you know you can't you can't stay on the field and your defense has to keep rolling out there. And you saw you saw them tire out early in the season. You can't play 70 plays a game on defense um, for 16 games. It's just not sustainable, especially when you're built on being a fast, hard hitting defense. So. Um, I think Dalvin Cook helps keep the sticks moving and uh, all the you know all that boring cliches about running backs. Um, and I also think he's a little bit of a game changer. And I again, the part that, that people that sleep on or don't realize enough about Dalvin Cook is not, you know, his, his running game is great. He can pound it between the tackles. He can take it outside the tackles. He's very capable of you know hitting uh, hitting the edge and uh, getting around for big explosive plays. But the most important thing is that he's the best pass-catching running back out of the major guys that came out of that draft this year. And in the NFL, which is a passing game, it's the reason why he's a running back I'll actually spend more than 10 seconds talking about. Um, he can take a screen pass and take it to the house. You know, you've seen, you've seen it with successful teams um, like the Steelers and the Patriots that, that you, you know, you can substitute a run game with short passes to the, um, you know, to the flats and to the screen with your with your elite running backs who can pass catch. So yep. I think he changes a lot for what they do and what they'll be able to do. And I just hope to God that, you know, for whatever reason Mike Zimmer is, you know, just doesn't trust rookies. And hopefully my boy, you know, my one of my favorite guys from last year's draft, um, Laquan Treadwell, gets a little bit more play this year. He couldn't even sniff the field with that crappy receiving core last year. Um, and I think he's easily the number two. I think he'll he'll end up being the more talented guy than Stephon Diggs. I think Stephon Diggs is a nice player, but slightly a little bit overrated. Um, you know, it's kind of like a 30-goal uh, scorer in hockey on a bad team. Anyone can score when the rest of the guys around you suck. So Stephon Diggs, I think, looks better because he's the only option. But um, I think Laquan Treadwell's emergence this year with yep. Delvin Cook and, and a great defense will really help them, and I think they'll go 11-5 and five and sneak out the, the NFC North this year. Well, it'll be interesting because, of course, it seems like they're going to be sticking with Sam Bradford as their starter throughout the season, perhaps into the future, as they've declined to pick up the fifth-year option for Teddy Bridgewater, and it's unclear when he's going to be coming back from that devastating knee injury he has last preseason, which is a shame because I think Teddy Bridgewater had a lot of upside. But turning over to the running back side, you know, keep in mind Latavius Murray is not – 
you know, chop liver. The guy is actually a pretty good running back. I mean, uh, Oakland did let him walk in free agency, but it's not because he didn't do what he was supposed to do. He had uh, over 1,800 rushing yards over the last two seasons. Uh, he had 18 rushing touchdowns, and he was definitely one of the best pass-blocking backs in the game. So if they're smart, they'll use Latavius Murray with Dalvin Cook in a 50-50 running back by committee, sprinkle in a little bit of Jarek McKinnon to keep the legs fresh because they did keep him. He's obviously not the guy, but he could be a good third-down option at times. And so I don't see why you don't throw him in there in the mix. I mean, they kept him for a reason. He's also knowledgeable on the offensive playbook. So, you know, why not? So, I, you know, I don't disagree that Dalvin Cook can be something something big, something special. He definitely was a home run hitter at Florida State. But I do think that Latavius Murray is going to be their starter. He's going to be their, their typical first and second down back. And perhaps you're going to mix in Cook for now, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, maybe in the future. But I don't think this year. But I, I think maybe in the future Cook can be the guy. All right, let's move on to uh, my favorite team. That's the Chicago Bears. Oh, my goodness, what a mess that was. Total, total dumpster fire. 2016 was 3-13, last in the NFC North. Uh, they managed to add Mike Glennon to an $18 million one-year contract, so to speak. It actually was a $45 million three-year contract, but really only guaranteed 18.5 in one year, so that does have a, a walk-away clause for them. Um, they also managed to draft and overpay in some ways for quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. They got Prince Amakamura. The, in free agency, they added Marcus Wheaton and Kendall Wright at wide receiver and Deion Sims at tight end, Quinton Demps at safety. They lost, of course, Alshon Jeffrey, big hit. They also lost Eddie Royal, not a big deal. Uh, they got they cut the ties of all their quarterbacks, Jay Cutler, Brian Hoyer, all gone. Cornelius Washington also gone from the defense. Um, so what do you think? What do you think about the Chicago Bears going into 2017? Yeah, um... You know, it's been a long work week here, and, uh, <laughs> you know, now you're just ruining my Thursday night, making me talk about the, <laughs> right. the Talking Bears. about the Bears, yeah. Um, it's ruining my Thursday you know, night, I'll, too. <laughs> I'll, make a, I'll make an editorial, uh, you know, correction here um, when you said, in some ways, they overpaid for Trubisky. Um, how about in every way imaginable? Um, but, yeah, I mean, they suck. It's going to be it's gonna be a brutal season. Um, you know, I, I still have some faith in Marcus Wheaton as a – as a wide receiver, um, you know, I know he's had his ups and downs, but and maybe Big Ben made him look better than he was. But, um, you know, I hold out some faith for him. But the the real interesting guy in storyline to me um, in Chicago is a guy who has spent the better part of his first two seasons um, just really – maybe it's only one season. It feels like forever, but I could uh, – but Kevin White here. Um, mm, yes. Kevin right. White – Done a done a fair. I think his most notable stuff, uh, his most notable contribution uh, to the Bears in the NFL is always talking about how good they are, um, but you know obviously <laughs> can't get on the field. So um, you know he's he's been very confident in uh, talking about how good the wide receiver core is. He just can't ever contribute to it. So it'll be interesting to see because I loved him coming out of college, but for whatever reason um, that West Virginia program just can't produce anybody of any kind of value. So um, it'll be interesting if he can contribute at all this season, and, um, you know, the quarterback thing is interesting to see um, just because, you know, I think one of the formulas we've started to see become a little bit more popular in the NFL the last couple of years is bringing in the guy of the future to sit behind somebody and learn. Uh, when that guy you're sitting behind and learning is Mike Glennon, though, um, yeah. I don't think that's really a winning formula. So as much as they've thrown a lot of money at him, I think they're better off just throwing out Trubisky, letting him take his lumps, 
because uh, what is Glennon going to do? You know, make you four and twelve. Uh, for, uh, yeah, four and twelve versus three and thirteen, which is where I think the Bears finish this year. Yeah. Um, you know, what what is the upside to play? I mean, it's not like it's not like it's a sexy name like a you know a Tebow would have been years ago to put butts in the seat. No one, no Bears fans buying tickets to go see the Mike Glennon show. So, no, no. Uh, yeah, so I, I have them finishing very low in the division. Obviously, last place, uh, three and thirteen if it's Trubisky, four and twelve if it's Glennon. Uh, pretty bleak outcome either way. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think this is a lost season for the Bears. They really don't have a good plan. I do think it'll be interesting to see what happens in the wide receiver core because Cameron Meredith actually did step up last year. Is he the real deal or is he just a stopgap solution? I don't know. But Kevin White is another big question mark, as you mentioned. Marcus Whedon, can he get back on track? And, of course, we also have um, (laughs) the ever-popular Victor Cruz, who actually has been practicing in the slot recently, so who knows? Maybe he'll be happier back in the slot. Last, everyone knows last year he was a move to the outside because of Sterling Shepard, uh, and uh, he didn't he didn't look comfortable out there, and he lost and didn't and he lost a step. But over the middle, maybe he'll be better. Uh, who knows? But it's a big a lot of question marks, huge amount of question marks. The only non question mark for me though is Jordan Howard. I'm really excited to see what he can do. <laughs> the entire offense is going to run through this guy next year, so we'll see what happens there. I think he could make them um, a five-win team. I know that's not much better than they were last year, but it's a step in the right direction. Uh, I am very interested to see what happens to Mitchell Trubisky, but I really want Mike Lennon to start because I want Trubisky to have some cover. You paid that much for the future. Don't let him get destroyed on the very first day. Let him come in when everybody has low expectations after Glennon has already ruined the season, and then we can see what we got at that point. That, that's the way I hope they handle Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, and I just got my fingers crossed. Yeah, you love Jordan Howard now. I, I do, Joy. I do. I, I, I bought into the hype that you were on, the, the hype train that you were on last year. I'll give you props there. You were absolutely right one year ago when we talked about Jordan Howard. But I, I'm all You'll in on him You'll never be forgiven. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the last, last team on the NFC North. That's the Detroit Lions. In 2016, they ended up 9-7. and seven. They were second in the NFC North. Uh, they actually were on their way to winning that division when they had a four-game stumble at the end of the year and just kind of lost it. Um, it's really, uh, really a strange collapse uh, when, you kinda, when you look at it. They ended up losing in the wild-card round as well. Uh, they did add T.J. Lang at guard. Uh, through free agency, linebacker Paul Warlow. They added Jared Davis uh, as a as their first round uh, draft pick. Uh, they got Cornelius Washington from the Bears. They added DJ Hayden, cornerback. They really didn't add a whole lot except for on defense, which was very clear. They lost uh, the aforementioned Anquan Bolden and then a couple other folks along the line. Wow, Matt Stafford had a, had a had a banner of the year last year, but do you think he's going to be able to keep it going? And do you think the Detroit Lions are going to be any better this year? Um. You know, I think they'll be right around where they were last year. I, you know, we, you, you say a little bit of a crazy collapse. Um, we talked about it a lot through last year. They were the, mm-hmm. the team that had to win in the fourth quarter every single game, and that's just, that's just not a winning formula. You can't, you can't play behind from three quarters consistently and squeak out wins down the stretch. It's a cool storyline. It's fun. It's, it's, you know, it's uh, entertaining while it happens. You know, it's. Uh, you know, Florida Gulf Coast in the March Madness a couple years ago. Yeah, you know, whatever they <laughs> yep. were called, the Jumpkins there or whatever. Like, you know, it's entertaining, makes for good, you know, what, for what we do and for Sports Talk Radio and for ESPN, it's fun. Um, but you're not going to continue to win like that. It's just too risky of a way to win. So um, I think they'll be right around where they were. Um, you know, the one Notre Dame alum that I just don't buy into in the, in the league, you know, I, I have a soft spot for most of them. 
um, yep. but Dio Riddick, um, you know, I really hope that, you know, the guy I was high on two years ago that missed all of last year or most of all last year with an injury, um, I'm hoping that Amir Abdullah comes back and he is everything I thought he could be. Um, he's another running back that I actually really do like. I think he's, again, a good pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, not as good as Theo Riddick, but Theo Riddick's a one-note kind of guy. Um, I think Amir Abdullah can be a three-down back in this league. I think he's got the size, the speed, the explosiveness, the, the, break, uh, the tackle-breaking ability um, to really be just an all-down, da- uh, all all-four-down um, elite running back in the league. So, um, if he emerges, maybe they can go 10-6. and six. That's best-case scenario. Um, you know, obviously, T.J. Lang's a, a sexy name, but a little bit past his, uh, you know, his, his better days. So, um, yep. I don't know how much of a difference he makes on that, on that front line there. Yeah, and I don't think offense is their problem, actually. I, I actually do think that, uh, that Stafford can probably be close to what he was last year. I think the problem is their defense. Uh, their defense has been a disaster. Um, you know, as we, as we just discussed and, and as you kind of pointed out as well, last year when we talked about it, you know, the defense was, was, was miserable. And in those last four games, they were absolutely exposed. They allowed an average 377.5 yards and 29 points per game with zero interceptions and zero fumble recoveries. You just cannot win that way. Uh, they did try to add all along defense uh, this year. They uh, they used basically all their almost all their draft picks on it. Six of the nine draft picks. So, you know who knows what's going to happen. Um, but we uh, we have a lot to look forward to in the NFC North, except for the Bears. Poor Bears. All right, that's all the time we got for this week. So why don't you give us your uh, Twitter and Instagram so people can follow you? Yep, uh, uh, Instagram is at I mean uh, football underscore garbage underscore time. Twitter's at Ryan Whitfield N E. And you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. Next week we'll be covering more of uh, different div- uh, previewing more divisions for 2017. So tune back in, and for uh, until next week, everyone enjoy the Fourth of July.